Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. This morning we are still in the Psalms, and we are in Psalm 33. Last week we did Psalm 32. And this week we're turned the page. Maybe it isn't even a page turn for you. Maybe it's just the same page. That's the cool thing about Psalms. They're not massive. This one's a little bit longer than some of them. But we're in Psalm 33. And uh, I, uh, this one's a little bit different in the fact that I'm actually going to camp out in the first three verses. I planned on doing the whole Psalm, but I got apprehended in the first three verses. And uh, I mean, I could do the whole, we could do the whole chapter if you don't mind, you know. A, a, a long, long preach, but I was having mercy on you this morning, and we're going to do the first three verses, but I still want to read the whole psalm. Is that cool? Let's read the whole psalm, and that'll give us a context, and then we'll come back and we'll tackle the first three verses together before we head out of here today. Uh, if you're taking notes, the message, my message is entitled this morning, The Power and Passion of Praise. The power and passion of praise. You could call it the purpose of praise. You could call it the priority of praise. There are so many P words we could interject there into this message. Uh, I've chosen those, the power and the passion of praise. Let's pick it up in verse 1. It says this, um, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Give thanks to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with a harp of ten strings. A specific kind of harp, mate. Ten-string harp, come on. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth all their host. He gathers the water of the sea as a heap. He puts the deep deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. The Lord brings the counsel of nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart for generations. Come on, the plans of his heart for generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. The Lord looks down from heaven. He sees all the children of man. From where he sits enthroned, he looks out on all the inhabitants of the earth. He who fashions the heart of them and observes all their deeds. The king is not saved by his great army. A warrior is not delivered by his great strength. The war horse, come on. The war horse is a false hope for salvation. And by its great might, it cannot rescue. Behold, the eye of the Lord is on those who fear him, on those who hope in his steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in a famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield, for our heart is glad in him, because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Can I get an amen? Yeah. What a great 22 verses of praise, 
of declaration. Uh, if there was to be, and this is a song. This is a psalm that was a song. Lots of the psalms were songs. And this was a song. And isn't it an amazing declaration of the character and power and majesty and also the love and affection and devotion and purpose of God towards those who love Him, fear Him, and are called by His name? What a great chapter this is. And as I said, we pick, we were following in from chapter 32 last week on repentance and forgiveness. What a great message. And shout out to Darren and Lorene for hosting Cruise, uh, Eastbourne Cruise at your place. Heard amazing reports. It was an amazing night. And if you missed it, too bad you missed it. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. God can do so much stuff in a moment. It's amazing. Like I just think about going to, uh, a bit of a segue here, but I, I think about going to conferences and the, uh, the cost and the effort, especially when they're out of town. And I always feel like God rewards, like he, he honors the faithfulness and the cost when we, when we and, and like he turns up for you. Like it's like you never, you always feel, man, that was worth it. That was, um, I, I'm so glad I made the decision to come. And, 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 and on a smaller scale, because this isn't going out of town, this is just a midweek, but in the wintertime when it's cold and, and it's so easy just to stay at home, it's how, oh, you, you have good intentions, but you get home after a hard day's work, it's like, oh. I don't really want to go out, but God just rewards those decisions of faith. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Come on, who, give me a wave if you're blessed by your time at cruise. Look, hands going up. So good, so good. Thank you guys for hosting. Amazing. So we're picking up from Psalm 32, and uh, in, in the very last verse of Psalm 32, this is verse 11, it says this, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So the end, of, the end of this amazing chapter around repentance and forgiveness and David bearing his soul at the commissioning excuse me, of the temple. He's like, you know, I, I sinned greatly and God's hand was heavy on my part, but thanks to the Lord that he forgives. Thanks to the Lord. And then at the end of this whole verse and the whole chapter on forgiveness, the outcome is that we are shouting for joy and we've got a glad heart and we're rejoicing. And we move into this amazing chapter. And so verse 1, it says, Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. We go from shout for joy into shout for joy. I think there's something about this psalm that people, we should be shouting for joy. Amen? Shouting for joy. Shout for joy in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits Suits the upright. Yep. It, sh- it looks good on you. It, it makes sense. It makes sense if you're a child of God and you're saved by the grace of God. It makes sense that praise is on your lips and praise is your heart's position. It just makes a lot of sense. It befits you. You know? Give thanks, verse 2 says, to the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with a heart. All right, let's pull this apart in these few moments we have left together. Shout for joy. I love this word shout. Shout. It's very hard to shout without passion. Unfortunately, sometimes my shouting is at my children, and uh, I'm trying not to be that kind of guy. Uh, passion comes on, you know, you know, your strengths and your weaknesses are the same thing. You can be passionate and exuberant, and you can overdo it in other areas of life. It's like, God, I thank you that I can shout for joy, but maybe I shouldn't be shouting at my, at my children. But come on, shouting comes from a place of passion, even maybe a place of frustration. But shouting comes from a place of deep emotion, right? There's something going on that stirs you to a place where you're shouting, Right? If your kid's about to cross uh, the road and there's a car coming, you're not going to go, Zion, just, you know, no, you're going to go, Zion! Because there's something in you that stirs you to a moment of shouting. Shouting does something. 
There's no room for weak, insipid, uninspired, joyless attitudes when we're praising God. We should be the kind of people that have passion in our step and we're shouting for joy in the presence of God. We are called to shout, it says it with joyous exuberance. Joyous exuberance. And I just want to say this is in the DNA and the hallmark and the foundations of us as a church. And I'll tell you, there's nothing, there's always going to be a, a stream against what God's called you to be. The enemy's not worried about trying, if you're going to go on some sort of counterfeit journey that isn't actually what you're called to do, he's going to go for your life. Go in that direction. Uh, if you feel like oh, I've got to be this, that, and the next thing, and it's not really what, do that, right? But the moment that you step into the, what God's called you to be, the moment that you st- there's that space of authenticity, and, and you're being called, and, and it's like that's the real you, all of a sudden there becomes an opposition against it. We are called to be a passionate church. We're called people working here. They're going to be, man, you guys are pretty full of enthusiasm. There's something in the atmosphere. And guess what? It's not put on. It's not a facade. There's an authenticity in it. There's an authenticity in it, right? And so that is in the DNA of our church. Now, does that mean that, uh, you know, you've got to be this kind of like Steve, this guy, real like out the gate, like, you know, <laughs> energetic kind of, you know, you know, fella that uh, looks like he's uh, was ADHD as a kid. Probably, yeah, probably was actually, you know. And, uh, but, you know, does, does this mean that your personality has? No, it just means that there's something in you that is so flippant passionate about Jesus Christ that it just exudes in you. It just comes out of you and through you who, you, who God's made you to be. We are passionate people and we've got to fight for the passion lest we come in here and people go it doesn't seem like you're very excited about this Jesus like if we videoed our worship and we isolated each other and we sent it to our non-believing friends and said this is my passion for Jesus that's, that's confronting isn't it yeah, you sent me big shots fired, you know, shots fired. But, you know, and look, there's all sorts of reasons for that. Like, this isn't about condemnation around the fact that you need to be like, ah, you know, like, unless you're doing the crazy something, you know, unless you're like, you're like out the gate passionate, then your worship's not, no, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there, you can tell when someone's got a passion for something, right? You can, you can feel it. You can feel it come through. And, and we, want, we want an authentic passion for Jesus. We want to be those kind of people that shout for joy, shout for joy. This is the natural conclusion of a life saved by grace. This is a natural conclusion of a life forgiven, made new, adopted into the family of God, pulled from the miry clay, ransomed, rescued, redeemed, restored. Oh, the goodness and greatness of God towards us. This is the natural response. It's to shout for joy. It's the natural response. It's amazing. It amazes me that growing men paint their faces pay exuberant amounts of money to go to stadiums to shout and, and, and praise a bunch of 20-year-old boys running around on a pitch chasing a ball. Yet they do this. There's so much exuberance and passion in, 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 in stadiums for, for rugby and for me, for basketball and other sports today. Conor McGregor's fighting in the MMA. Come on, there's, there's going to be an all-crazy atmosphere. There's going to be people like with Irish flags going crazy today. Let's not be outpassioned by sports enthusiasts, which is that's here today, gone tomorrow, it's fleeting and means nothing. When we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who ransomed you and called you by name into the family of God, set you apart, purposed your life, and bought for you eternity, that is worthy of our praise, that is worthy of shouting for joy. And I just want to say, don't underestimate the power of a shout. There's a reason why we went with, whoa, 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 today. We went for that for a reason. 
because I knew this message, and Troy started playing, and I'm like, yes, that's the perfect song. How many people feel a little bit uncomfortable in the world? Come on, we've got to get past this. Something that happens when we break out, when we break out of the encumbrances of, of what we, how we feel and our awkwardness, and we just break out and let loose, like David did, and everyone goes on about how he danced in his underwear down the street, and we didn't care, and people were frowning on him and, and like judging him, but he was just lost in the moment, worshipping God. I'm not saying dance in church in your undies, or boob tubes, as Bex keeps going on about, and uh, <laughs> I had to bring it up three Sundays in a row now, we've had to mention that. Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. But come on, there is, there is, there's got to be a, an authenticity, but there's something in the atmosphere. Some, don't underestimate the shout. Yeah. Don't underestimate it. In Joshua 6, verse 20, it says this, so the people, this is the walls of Jericho, they walked around it six times, right? Walked around it six times. And on the seventh, we read this, so the people shouted. And, the, and look, I'm just saying, before they shouted, they're just doing this day after day after day, lapping this big city. I don't even know how long that walk would have been. Now, next Saturday, I'm doing 31Ks. I hope, I hope I do 31Ks, but I don't know how much they did. They must have done a lot. And uh, look, it's easy to grow weary. It's easy for it just to be another Sunday. It's easy to accept the position and the circumstance. It's easy to let the spirit of heaviness rest upon us. Yet, yet, Joshua led them, and so in verse 20, it says, The people shouted, and the trumpets were blown. And as soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted with a great shout, and the walls fell down flat, thank you, Jesus, so that the people went up to the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. I'm just saying, your authentic shout of joy, your praise to God can break walls down. It can break walls down. It can destroy the effects of the stronghold of the enemy on your life. Come on, don't underestimate the power of the shout. Come on, we're talking about the power and the passion of praise here, the people. Come on, we're talking about the shout for joy. What does it say? In the Lord. Shout for joy in the Lord. There is a reference point for the shouting, right? Reference point. Our joy that we're shouting all about is rooted in the Lord, who He is, what He has done, and what He promises to do. It's not in our circumstances, it's not in our feelings, it's not governed by personality traits. Our shout is rooted in the Lord. It says that the angels of the host of heaven surround the throne, and every time they look upon them, they shout, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. When they look upon God, they can't help but shout and declare who He is. Holy and upright is He. And when we see God and we see His attributes, our natural response is to be overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And, and so we root our shout, our praise, in who, G, who He is our Lord and Savior. Come on, who Jesus is and what He has done for us. Come on, He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what our circumstances may dictate, they don't dictate our praise. They don't dictate our praise. Habakkuk says, though the, 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 the vine might not be in fruit and the, the, and the tree's barren, yet I will praise Him. I will praise Him, he says. And we have to have a Habakkuk attitude with our praise. <laughs> Habakkuk attitude. Hashtag. Habakkuk attitudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Love it. Come on. Praise befits the upright, it says. Praise befits the upright. Take, I love this. This is from uh, Charles Spurgeon, just a champion of the faith. He said this. 
Take away the Christian's power of praising God and you make him a poor earthworm, bound here with doubts and fears and cares. But let him but kindle in his soul the flame that burns in heaven of seraph, seraph, seraphic love to God. I don't know what that word is. In heaven of love for God, and away he mounts. Away he goes. Look, praise befits the upright. It's pretty simple. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. I'm like, praise, it makes sense. Praise, it's too easy, bro. It's too easy. Just, it's, it's so, when you see, and you, it's about who he is. It's about who he is. It befits you. It doesn't befit you as a Christian to be in a place of his presence, uninspired, unaffected. That's not befitting. It happens. It happens. It happens to us all, doesn't it? it happens to us all. And there's grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But come on, we're talking about we're aiming for something here this morning, family. Praise is a weapon. Write that one down. <laughs> Praise is a weapon. Listen to this. This is in Second Chronicles, chapter twenty. This is verses twenty-one and twenty-two. Chapter twenty of Second Chronicles. It says this. And when he, this is Jehoshaphat, and when he had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise Him in holy attire, as they went before the army and say, and say, give thanks to the Lord for His steadfast love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come out against Judah, and they were routed. They were routed, not by the army. <laughs> God set an ambush as they praised, and they were routed. What's trying to attack you? What's trying to hold you down? What's coming against you? What, what things are storming the gates of your heart, coming against your soul, coming against your mind? What are the things that, are trying, that you're in battle against? I'm just here to tell you that praise is your weapon. Praise, when you, when, when you start to praise God and you start to fix your attention on declaring who He is, who, who, what He's called, what His Word has spoken, and the promises of God, when you fix on that, the, you get the victory. Victory! Victory is yours. Praise is a weapon. This is why we do it. And this is actually, this is why we do, this is why we create and, and do services, Sunday services, the way that we do them. There's a reason. There's a reason. It's not just tradition. There's a reason why we start with a couple of praise songs, you know. There's a reason. It's just because you've got to know it's too fast, too slow, maybe a third one that's in between, you know, with anthem. And, you know, there's a, it's not just, there's a reason. There's deeper reasons here. Praise breaks barriers. Praise breaks strongholds. Praise works against the effects of the enemy. Why? Who was tasked with praising? Lucifer was tasked with praising. He was the chief musician in heaven. He was the angel in charge of worship. He's the one that says, I don't want the worship to go to you. I want the worship to come to me. And that's why there's a battle over your heart and worshiping. Come on, we can break through. We can break the power and the effects of the enemy on our lives through praise. Through praise. Connecting your, your heart, your, your, the essence of your worship, and declaring, declaring over your life the goodness of God. Come on. He is good. He is good. I love it. So Jehoshaphat and the, and the army of God got the victory when they began to sing in praise. The victory was theirs. All right. Praise is also a garment, an article of clothing. You know, 
It's an article of clothing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I just thought of a caftan. Oh my gosh, that's such a weird thing to think about. Anyway, <laughs> praise is a caftan. No, you probably don't know what I'm talking about. Welcome to the 1970s, people. Anyway, praise is a garment. You know, a garment, a garment. And um, I just want to say, my wife's looking pretty stunning this morning, and what she's wearing. You know, <laughs> my gosh. Clickbaits. All right. Praise his garment. Jesus started his ministry. Jesus started his ministry after coming out of the wilderness and being tempted by the devil and being baptized by John. He walks, basically, it feels like he just like strolls into the synagogue, <laughs> grabs the scrolls and goes up and opens it up to Isaiah 60, 61, I was going to say, and just starts reading from it. And it's like, I'm, I'm about to be a self-fulfilling prophecy to the, to the prophet Isaiah. And what does he read? He reads this. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prisoners to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit or a spirit of heaviness, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now, now Jesus didn't go through all of those verses, but that's where he read from. Come on. The garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness, a faint spirit, a faint spirit. I'm just saying, man, there is something that praise does. It redresses you. It shifts the, 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 the clothing of your life. It shifts things on your life. And, and, and I'm just, isn't it interesting? We go back last week and we talked about the, the heaviness of the hand of the Lord upon you. When we're caught up in sin and when we're, bro- and we're, and when we're uh, separated out because of unrepentance. And, and David said that the, the Lord's hand was heavy upon me. And it says here about this, there's a spirit of heaviness. There's heaviness that comes. But when we go through a place of repentance and when we say, Lord, I, I want to be back in relationship with you. And then you start declaring the, the goodness of God because you are good. Your character is good. All of a sudden, this heaviness lifts off us. And all of a sudden, lightness comes upon us. And, and a garment of praise comes upon us. It's it's like, it's like a snowball effect. Like it starts off hard. But it becomes this momentum that shifts as you go on. And it goes from this place of heaviness. Who can relate? Heaviness into a place where you're free. And you're just like, yeah, come on, God is good. Come on, we want to be, we want to be a, a, a people where people can come in heavy and leave weightless. They can come in with a garment of heaviness and leave with a garment of praise. In Jesus' name. Come on, praise is a garment, the cure, the antidote for heaviness, the cure, the antidote for depression, the cure, the antidote for anxiety, the cure, the antidote for mental illness, the cure, the antidote is praise. I'm just saying, you just praise, get praise on your lips. Instead of focusing in on your circumstances, focusing on the character and nature of God, make that your place of focus, make that where you lift your eyes to see. And then he goes on to say, give thanks. Give thanks with a liar, not like a person that tells fibs, but it's an instrument apparently. Make melody to him with a harp with 10 strings, or a guitar with six, I suppose, or a keyboard with 82. Just not a tambourine. Joke, 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 joke. <laughs> oh, jokes, 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 jokes. <laughs> 
Uh, isn't this interesting? Isn't this interesting that, that thankfulness is attached to praise? I'm just saying it's very hard to be, it's very hard to praise from a place of ingratitude. It's very hard to, to praise and throw adoration on God when we're having a bit of a pity party about life. Because we've become very self-focused, very self, self-focused. Yeah, and so there is something that gratitude does to fuel praise. Gratitude is the fuel of praise. First Thessalonians 5 and Troy, you can come and join me, buddy. That'd be amazing. First Thessalonians 5, 16 to 19. These, I love these little uh, quick side note. Uh, when I lived in uh, Dallas, Texas, in my, on the Bible College, Christ Relations Institute, uh, they had a gymnasium, and I used to go down there almost every day and play basketball. And they had a, a gym office with basketballs that you could check out and use. Every basketball was numbered. And you go up and say, can I check a basketball out? And you've got to check it out, play with it, and give it back. But, of course, this is a Christian Bible college, so they're like, you have to give me a verse. You've got to give me a verse if you want to check out a, ba- a basketball. And so these were the verses to go to, baby. These were nice and short. Number 1 Thessalonians 5.17. No, 5.16. Rejoice always. Give me a basketball. <laughs> Pray without ceasing. Verse 17. Give me a basketball. I mean, you memorize the shortest ones. Of course, Jesus wept from the story of Lazarus. I'm sure they put up a sign, no Jesus wept. You don't know, you know, you know how to use that one anymore. I love these short verses. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 19. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. What's the next verse? After give thanks, do not quench the spirit. Now, I don't know if those things are linked. It's anecdotal. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe all those things are just like their own little bullet points. Maybe they are. But I think we can say that when we are thankless, when we are focused on our circumstances and when praise falls from our lips, we quench the spirit in our life. dry up. We can come into an atmosphere of the presence of God and be unmoved. Come on, ingratitude, ungratefulness, pouts and sulking, these are spirit quenches. Wow. Come on, gratitude focuses on what we have. Ingratitude focuses on what we don't have. Gratitude focuses on God, and gratitude focuses on our circumstances. It's amazing how gratitude is so linked to praise, so connected. Are you thankful this morning? Are you grateful this morning? Are you overwhelmed by the goodness of God towards you? There's such a humbling thing in being thankful. so important and we all know gratitude is connected to generosity it says that I love this give thanks give thanks give it give it the 
thankfulness, the, 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 the gratitude is connected to generosity that we, we give it. Thanking is giving. It's selfless and it's humbling. It's God-focused, not self-focused. We give thanks. So much of the time we focus giving around time or finance. We give our thankfulness to God. We choose to focus on that. We let praise rise in our life and we see that darkness, that heaviness drift away. And we see our passion returning and we see the Spirit of God coming upon us. And then all of a sudden things start to move. The presence of God, come on, this is what praise does. This is the power and the passion of praise. I've got one more point before we close here this morning. And that is it says that we, oh no, I've got two actually. <laughs> because praise is not just singing, right? It says, give thanks with lyre, make melody to him, the harp and ten strings. This is a song. So the, 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 the situation here is that your praise is song that you sing to God. All right. Now we know that praise is not just singing, but it absolutely includes singing and music. Isn't it amazing how important music is? Isn't it crazy how music is just such embedded into the culture of humanity? It's listened to on the radio. I mean, even the fact that there's that many radio stations just goes to show you how, how music is so ingrained. You can go on Spotify and you've got people that have had like a billion listens to their songs. People are listening to stuff over and over and over and over. Billions of downloads. I'm not just talking about Baby Shark. Which said a lot. Or gangman style or whatever it's called. <laughs> gangham. Gangham? Gangham? Well, I don't know. It's had a lot, right? Because here's the thing, music goes where words can't. Music goes, music stirs emotion. There's a reason why Troy's up here right now. Right? Because you hear that and it stirs something in you. We're we're sensory beings. God created us with senses, all of them. And there's something about music that it just goes somewhere. It transports us somewhere. And so, and so we're taking, God's saying, I'm taking this thing I've created, which is my idea. Music is my idea. Worship is my idea. And I'm going to create this environment for you to be transported and connected to me from the depths of your Music moves us. It stirs our emotions and affections. Come on. But it's not just about an emotional response. It's not just, and, 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 you know, it's not about the emotional response. It's about a heart change, the heart transformed, the heart shifted, a heart's cry, a heart's cry. And but that's why we do what we do on Sunday. Last point, it says in verse 3, we're finally at verse 3. You see why I didn't do 22 verses? Verse 3, it says, sing a new song. Sing to him a new song and play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. We're back to shouting, people. Sing to him a new song. Here's what it simply means that every praise song, every song should emerge from a fresh awareness of the goodness and grace of God. That this should be this, oh my gosh, I am so aware right now and I praise you. I'm not praising you for what you did 10 years ago or even last week. I'm aware of who you are right now for me and I'm praising you because of it. There's a freshness 
of the awareness of God in your world and praise. That's the new song. God's wanting a new song from you. He's wanting you to be, be connected to the moment, to right now, a fresh awareness of the grace of God. Come on, your praise needs to be fresh. Come on, we need to look at the goodness and greatness of God afresh this morning. Come on, we need to look again. Then a fresh awareness of who He is and what He's done. Flood your heart and spirit. And this is play skillfully. Play skillfully. And so just again, like, God is in the business of excellence. He is. He's in the business of excellence. He deserves our best. He deserves our very best. He deserves our absolute best. Do you bring your best to God? Does He get the best of you? Can we make Sunday mornings, God, I'm bringing you my absolute best. I'm going to bring my best, man. I'm bringing all my passion, all my worship. I'm going to shift the atmosphere of this room. I'm going to bring it, Lord. I'm going to bring you my best. I'm going to give you what I've got, 120%. I'm, I'm, I'm getting dressed for game day, and I'm going to bring my best. I'm going to bring my best, but it's not just excellence. Listen to me, families. Excellence with authenticity. Lest we think that it's in the presentation or the perfection of the presentation or only in the skills, only in the gift. It's not only in the gift. It's not only in the skill. It's in connecting that to the reality of your heart. It's about connecting your worship. Look, I'm not interested in a front row where every time I stand, they all stand up and go, yeah, 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 because that's what they've got to do to get on the front row. I'm not interested in that. I love you, Mina. And I know it's authentic. I'm just saying, I, I'm just saying, uh, yeah, do I want to clone Mina? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, like but we, we don't want to sort of set it up. We don't want to set it up. If you feel it coming, then yes, great. It's awesome when you respond. I'm just telling you, it's great when you respond. And uh, But I'm just saying, from a place of authenticity, but like, Let's be yes people. Let's be amen people. Let's be people that are front-footed. I said in prayer this morning, come on, 10 o'clock prayer. Bring it. Get to 10 o'clock prayer. Come on, set the atmosphere of this room. Set it. Let's do it together. But I said in prayer this morning. What did I say in prayer this morning? I just got done scolding you. <laughs> Anyway, uh, my mind was gone. It's gone. It might come back. But come on. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. It came back. Old age, right? That's great. We are permission givers. People won't go past you. They'll go as far as you allow or take them, right? That's the general rule. Right, so, Steve Burgess at a summit talked about bringing your yes and your amen. Right? Coming with your yes. Coming with your amen. New Zealanders, we tend to be a little bit more stoic and reserved and quiet. But I believe that before we're New Zealanders, we are children of God and a family of God. And that trumps our New Zealanders nature. <laughs> we want to be kingdom of God people. But he said, like, bringing that, so he said, like, he told a story of when he was a new Christian 
and he had this unction like in worship he wanted to raise his hands he's like I just have this I want to do it but he didn't know if he was allowed to do it or if it, you know so he's kind of like looking around and, and this guy before, beside him just like this older gentleman just like raised his hands in worship and he's like sweet and so he went too you don't believe you set the atmosphere you are atmosphere creators you are atmosphere creators so we can shift something in this atmosphere can't we I feel like I've gone long. Amen. <laughs> Play skillfully. He deserves our best. Excellence with authenticity. And then again, he, just in case you missed it the first time, with loud shouts. Just in case you missed it. Yeah, loud shouts. Come on. Yeah, you got it. Loud shouts. Come on, church. Let's stand this morning.